Welcome to Office Hours with Dr. Mario, the podcast designed to teach you how to discover your path to living a more gratifying life. In each episode, Dr. Mario teaches listeners how to successfully cross the intersection of growth and change so they can step into the next chapter of life with the mindset, skills, and tools they need to live their dreams. If your responsibility to your career, family, or others has caused you to put your dreams on hold, this podcast is for you. Join me as I help people like you who are ready to reignite their passion for living their most ambitious dreams. Now here's your host, lifelong learner, professional coach, and speaker, Dr. Mario Jackson. Hey folks, welcome to Office Hours with Dr. Mario. Now, this is my final episode for the year, so I'm really excited about wrapping up season two and starting season three. So I've been thinking a little bit about a timely message for closing out the year and what that might be. I think I have a topic for you that'll help you as you begin approaching a brand new year that comes along with unique challenges and successes. So in this episode, I'm talking about the importance of owning your stuff, Gen Xers. Now, I'm not talking about your prized possessions like your special edition video games of Tetris or Contra. I'm talking about holding yourself accountable for the outcomes you obtain in life. And I'm specifically talking about your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. Now, why am I talking about this? Well, the short answer is that many Gen Xers don't truly understand the power of their thoughts and how they affect their emotions and their behaviors. Now, much of what I'm gonna talk about in this episode today is founded on the Think, Feel, Act model. Now, if you've listened to previous episodes of, of the Office Hours podcast, you've probably heard me talk about this. But I wanna describe it for you quickly in a nutshell. And what this model does is it operates on the idea that you can manage your thoughts to produce the results that you want in life. Now, your thoughts and feelings and actions, they all work in tandem to help you achieve goals and enjoy a more fulfilling life. So today I wanna raise your awareness of how these things contribute to your current and future circumstances. And my goal is to help you manage your mind so you can enjoy the freedoms you want in life. I know that when I discovered the model, it changed my life dramatically. I stopped letting other people's actions negatively affect my mental state. And I learned how to make deliberate choices about what I wanted to think, how I wanted to feel, and how I wanted to behave. And I want that for you too because it's so extremely liberating. Now, I know there are some listeners who are already saying, Dr. Mario, I'm accountable for my stuff. I take responsibility all the time. Well, I believe you. But you've only addressed one part of owning your stuff. The part that some Gen Xers miss is the relationship between being accountable for your stuff and how it helps you make progress to live the life that you desire. And that's why I think that this episode is important for our listeners, especially as you begin thinking about what plans you're going to make for the new year. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about why Gen Xers must be accountable to themselves as it pertains to their thoughts, feelings, and actions the challenges that Gen Xers face when they avoid owning their stuff, and some ways that Gen Xers can strike balance between self-accountability and being accountable to others. So let's get started. Now, the first thing we need to do is answer this question. What is your stuff? And the answer to this question requires looking at three different areas of your life. 
your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. Now, I'm going to cover each of these areas in an example in just a few more minutes. But first, I want to share what I've learned from my work as a coach with, as it applies to working in these three areas. One thing that I've learned is that our thoughts are very powerful. What's interesting, though, is that many of us, myself included, never consider questioning our thoughts. I know for me, it was like a brand new idea that opened my eyes to a lot of possibilities. So let's start with thoughts. Let's think about a person walking down the street and someone passes them and stops them to pay them a compliment. Let's, let's for, for the sake of this example, name our person Leon. I don't know why I chose Leon, I just like the name. <laughs> now, Leon is having one of those days where he's not feeling so comfortable in his body, so he brushes off the compliment. Leon says thanks and he walks away. And as Leon is walking away, he thinks this dude must be crazy because I look horrible today. But I want Leon to hold on for a second. There's another option here. Uh, Leon, you actually might be cute, dude. So why can't Leon get with the program and accept the compliment as honest and genuine? I think it's because Leon didn't question his thoughts before he left home. Even though he didn't feel 100% that day, it didn't mean that someone else was going to think the same thing, right? And this is why I believe that Gen Xers need to be more accountable for their thoughts. Now, it doesn't stop here because your thoughts directly influence your feelings and emotions. Now, we know that our feelings are essentially the soundtrack of our daily lives. And if you're feeling happy, you tend to be more positive or have a more positive outlook during the day. Even when you experience something negative, your happiness lessens the impact of a negative event. But when you're in a crappy mood, everything fits into your negative emotional narrative. You wake up tired, so you're irritable. You're a lot, you arrive to work late and you're on edge because you think your boss is going to find out. And on top of it all, the Starbucks dude misspells your name and you lose your shit. But here's what's missing when you're going through this negative state. You can always connect your emotional state back to your thoughts. And that's because the think, feel, act model is not linear. Your feelings can create your thoughts and your behaviors can keep create your thoughts. Whatever happens, you can always trace the source of how you're feeling and how you're behaving back to your initial thoughts. The last thing Gen Xers need is to be personally accountable for their actions. Now, I'm not going to get on a high horse here and lecture you because you already know this. But what I'm really talking about here is inaction. As Gen Xers or just regular people, we focus a lot on the things that we're actively doing to get the results that we want in life. But sometimes we don't flip that around and look at the things that we're not doing that could potentially get us the results that we want out of life. And as a coach, my brain works very differently. So I'm always working with my clients to discover how inaction leads to creating their current reality. So let's put all this together for a second. I'm going to use myself as a case study here. As a part of holding myself accountable for my own stuff, one of the things that I learned how to do differently was changing my money mindset. In the past, I used to think that money was limited and there were only a few paths to earning a steady income. After starting my own, my own business, I realized that my relationship with money had to change if I was going to be successful. Now, in full transparency, I did go through many ups and downs on a, an emotional roller coaster as I was learning how to change my mindset. And during those first few months, I found myself falling back into the old thought patterns about money. 
Some of that was because I was consulting and I was earning money in very large sums. And I remember one month I got a check that had so many zeros on it, I'd never seen that many zeros on a paycheck in my life. And I'm not bragging here. I'm just trying to make the point that this was a new way of earning income for me, so I had to make some adjustments. Now, flash forward a year later, and the money for my consulting work was coming in steadily, but not like it was before. So this meant that I needed to create new spending behaviors. Now, I attribute that mindset due to the fact that I had been working a full-time job for so long and that I was used to seeing a certain number show up on my bank account when I checked it. But once I got my mind in check, I noticed that my mood stabilized and I wasn't lying in bed awake at night worrying about how I was going to replenish my bank account. I wasn't panicking when my bank account dropped below a certain level. I just had to remind myself that this was my new normal and that's how I held myself accountable for my thoughts. I went from having a scarcity mindset about money to an abundance mindset. And that was a real game changer for me, folks, for a couple of reasons. First, it allowed me to be more strategic about the projects that I took on. After moving to Puerto Rico, I wanted to work significantly less hours. That meant that I had to choose my work based on my needs. And I need to be on the beach enjoying me a cocktail and basking in the sun. So if I landed a big contract, that meant I could work for six to eight months and then take the next three to four months off. This new mindset also helped me change my attitudes about spending money. Now, luckily for me, I'm at a point in life where I don't need to buy a lot of new stuff. I prefer to spend money traveling and creating memories that I'll have for life. So buying a new pair of shoes just doesn't move me the same way it used to in my 20s and my 30s. Now, I know there's some people out there listening today who are thinking, how can you have an abundance mindset about money when you don't have enough in the first place? My answer is still the same as it was at the top of the show, folks. You have to hold yourself accountable for how you think about money. And it all starts with your thoughts. Now, if you're still scratching your head, I want you to ask yourself these questions. How long have you had your current money mindset? What about your current mindset is working and not working? When in the past did you have a different money mindset? What was different about your thoughts, feelings, and actions back then? What's preventing you from creating a new money mindset now? What are the things that are holding you back? These are some questions that I think will help you identify where the shift in your mindset occurred so you can work on creating a new mindset that's better suited for your life's current circumstances. Now, I do a lot of this type of work with my private Facebook group members. So if you're interested in learning how to make the shift, join Gen X Unlatched. We're a group of Gen Xers who are doing the work to enjoy the freedoms we want in life now instead of waiting until retirement. Just click on the link in the episode description to request membership to the group. All right, so I've given you a ton of stuff to marinate on. But I want to step back for a second so we can peel back the layers and take a look at the devil in the details. You should have an understanding now about the interrelationships between your thoughts, feelings, and actions. So let's dig into how not being accountable for your stuff keeps you stuck in life. And I want to go back to my Leon example and his inability to accept a compliment as honest and genuine. Imagine being able to shift your mindset away from this type of thinking. How would it allow you to really enjoy life? I think it's pretty hard to enjoy life when you don't challenge your thoughts. You can get stuck in a state where you're generally suspicious or untrusting, and that just sounds really stressful to me. 
But when you question everything except your thoughts, you're giving up your ability to enjoy the full range of human experiences. Once you can take control of your thoughts and identify the ones that are not serving you well, you'll start seeing those opportunities for change. So the goal of being personally accountable for your thoughts, feelings, and actions is to improve the outcomes you want in life. Better outcomes get you closer to enjoying life's freedom sooner rather than later. But there's more to this story that you need to know so that you can live a more fulfilling life. When I work with my coaching clients, one of the first things I challenge them to do is to improve their skills in three areas, observation, practice, and analysis. Now you can remember this like that Greek saying, OPA, O-P-A, observation, practice, and analysis. These areas make up the framework that you need to hold yourself accountable so you can achieve the outcomes in life that you want. And I found that this framework works no matter the challenge that my clients are trying to overcome. So I hope you'll try this out. So let's start with observation. This sounds easy enough, right? Well, it's not as easy as you think. Observation requires a great deal of neutrality to be effective. What that means is that your goal is to collect data and information and not editorialize. Think about that saying from that old TV show, Dragnet, just the facts, ma'am. So here's what I mean. Let's go back to my Leon example. Leon passes the person on the street that compliments him on his appearance. He thinks to himself, this dude must be crazy. I look like a complete train wreck today. What is he thinking? Then he notices a slightly funny feeling in his stomach. So he returns with a smile and says thanks and then rushes off so that he's not uncomfortable anymore. Now, what are the facts here? Let's start with the thoughts. One fact is that a stranger complimented Leon on his appearance. Another fact is that that created some uneasy feelings for Leon. So the third fact is that he ended the conversation to avoid any further discomfort. Leon's result is a missed opportunity to know what would have come from more conversation with the person that he passed by on the street. Now, some of y'all are probably saying, Dr. Mario, he could have been a serial killer. Maybe, maybe not. We'll never know. Why? Because Leon never went any further with the conversation. So my point here is that where there's nothing ventured, nothing's gained. Now, after you've built up your observational skills, you are ready to practice. Specifically, you're ready to practice new thoughts, feelings, or actions. So continuing with our Leon example, here's what practicing new thoughts might look like. Instead of thinking, this guy must be crazy, I look like a complete train wreck today, Leon could have replaced those thoughts with ones like, I must not look as bad as I think, or someone is digging this look today, let's see where this goes. Practicing new thoughts leads you to experiencing new feelings and behaviors. For example, if you accept the thought, someone is digging this look today, let's see where this goes, that thought might lead you to stick around and chat for a few more minutes. Best case scenario, you make a new acquaintance and have a great conversation. Worst case scenario, the person who compliments you is creepy and you end the conversation. Again, nothing ventured, nothing gained. The key is to use your observations to practice alternative thoughts, feelings, and actions that leads you to the results you wouldn't achieve using your default mindset. Now, observation prepares you for the last skill area that helps you really exercise your personal accountability muscle. The final skill is analysis. 
Now that you've made your observations of your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions, and you've practiced making some changes, you're ready to identify what's working and what's not. And I think this is the most exciting part of the process to me. Maybe it's because I'm a researcher and applying the scientific method in real life just is the way that I nerd out. But when you analyze your progress, you are taking ownership of your stuff and being accountable for making improvements. Now, I think this skill is very easy to do. So I created an exercise called Friend or Foe to help you know which of your thoughts, feelings, and actions are helping you and which of those are hurting you. So let me explain how this is laid out. You've got three steps. Step one is to ask yourself a friend or foe question for the each of the skill areas, which is your thoughts, feelings, and actions. So here's what those questions sound like. In the first skill area, which are your thoughts, an example of a friend question is, which specific thoughts get me the outcomes I want? A foe question is which specific thoughts are not getting me the outcomes that I want? Under the feeling skill area, a friend question is, what feelings help me take positive actions towards my goals? The foe question, what feelings cause me to take negative actions towards my goal? And here negative could just be inaction, right? Under the action skill area, a friend question sounds like, which of my actions have had a successful end result? The full question is which of my actions have had an unsuccessful end result? The last piece of this requires you to compare and contrast those friend and foe questions, uh, the way that you responded to those friend or foe questions, and then to write down what needs to change. So for the specific thoughts and actions that get me the outcome that I want, that's a friend question you'll compare that to the ones that are not getting you the outcomes that you want, which is your full question. And the difference between those two areas will help you pinpoint where you need to plan for change. So this exercise is going to help you really get clear about your change efforts. And it takes a lot of the guesswork out of fixing the areas that need attention. Some of my Gen X listeners might find that their thoughts are their biggest foe, or maybe they need to do a lot more work on managing their feelings. No matter your area of focus, you must re-examine the thoughts that create feelings and actions that are not leading you to change. So try it out. You don't have to make this process complicated. It's something that can kind of run in the back of your mind as you're going about your daily routine. The goal is to gain clarity about where you need to do your work so you can start enjoying the freedoms you want in life now instead of waiting until the right time, whenever that might be. Listen. I'm so glad that you tuned in for this year-end episode today, folks. I really wanted to share some insights with you as you begin setting goals for the new year. I'm a firm believer that you cannot fix something if you don't know it's broken. Many of my Gen X friends and clients tell me how liberating it is to take account accountability for what's holding them back in life. I know I felt this experience when I decided to change my career and become a coach, so I'm passing along some of the lessons that I've learned to you. I want you to feel like you are the master of your universe and to be in control of where you want to be in life. Owning your thoughts, feelings, and actions is your first step to creating the changes that you want. That change occurs when you start seeing how counterproductive thoughts, feelings, and actions limit you. Your observations are going to provide you with that critical data that you need to understand where to focus your efforts so that you can better manage your mind. And finally, stepping back and studying where you're making progress and where you need more work is going to help you maintain a continuous self-improvement cycle. 
So the big takeaway here is that if you want to enjoy life's freedoms now, you must hold yourself accountable for fixing your stuff. Now, if you want to get more help with figuring out which of your thoughts, feelings, and actions help you achieve the results that you want in life, I have a resource for you. Download your free copy of my worksheet, The Show Up Report. I created the worksheet to help Gen Xers like you understand how your unique patterns prevent you from living your dream life. Just click on the link in this episode description to get your free copy today. Now, I want to wish you a safe and prosperous new year. I look forward to hearing about all of the wonderful things you're going to accomplish next year. But that's all I have for you today. I look forward to seeing you next time during my office hours. Did providing for others stop you from going after your life's dreams? Are you ready to start a new chapter in life? If you're ready to get back to taking on your life's most ambitious goals, schedule a complimentary sample coaching session with me. As a coach, I help people create a clear path to getting the results they want out of life. Now, I only offer a few of these sessions each month, and they fill up quickly. Just head on over to my website at www.officehoursdrmario.com, and that's doctor abbreviated without the period, and click on the Book Online tab to reserve your complimentary session. Together, we can get you back on the path to living your most ambitious dreams.